Hi, I'm Diane Chandler. And I'm Perry Jones Grossman. And this is Own Your Throne. Through the show, you will meet inspiring women who have recreated and redefined what it really means to thrive and age gracefully. Our guests are some of the most inspiring women on the planet. We were honored to sit down with each of them and get real about their journeys and what it took for them to truly own their throne. Hi everyone, welcome to Own Your Throne podcast. My name is Perry Jones Grossman and I'm here with my sidekick and partner in crime, Diane Chandler. And today we have a very, very special guest because she happens to be one of my besties, probably the bestie. Okay, you are too. (laughs) (laughs) We'll share you, we'll share you. But today she's going to be talking about some wonderful things and challenges in her life. She is a documentarian photographer. She's also an advocate for children, uh, women, and animals. She's also a visionary, and um, she has been the voice for people who don't have voices. She's going to talk about one of the challenges that she had in her life and how she had to fight for her own life. So, Steph, welcome to the podcast. I finally got you. I know. It's <laughs> shocking. So shocking. Exciting. I thought we were going to you know, end quickly with uh, the BFF and your other BFF <laughs> on the other side. There was going to be a showdown. <laughs> Taking her down. Right? <laughs> Not my two bookings. Yeah, well, you're both, yeah. Yeah. bookings yeah. and stuff. But I'm so excited you're here because I got to tell everybody, when I first asked Steph to be on the podcast, she was like, what do people want to hear me say something, you know? Mm. But your life is so amazing. So I'm going to go back from the beginning because I want people to know who you were before and then who you've become. So you were again born and raised in Los Angeles and you started as a, okay, fashion stylist. You were also a photographer you were a talent agent, then you were a music agent. Mm-hmm. I mean, how did, how did you get into the entertainment business? Uh, just as a fluke, to tell you the truth. Um, <laughs> I, my, it's the one business that my parents never wanted me to be in. You know, it was just, I, I'm one of those people that when a door opens and it sounds mm-hmm. right or it looks right, I kind of jump and yeah. I figure it out as I go along. And so um, an opportunity came. Um, on all of those situations, and I had no idea what any of it really meant, and I just thought, okay, well, what else am I doing? I might as well try it, and so I did, and one thing always kind of led to another that led to another, Um, but I think the premise was that I really, the thing in the entertainment business that I was interested in was um, probably the producing, because I like Mm -hmm. putting people together, Mm -hmm. I like creating, and then obviously, you know, putting it out there into the world. So I think that that was always kind of the, the roadmap in the entertainment business for me, but right. there were things that um, kind of pulled me in different directions. Yeah, and you then, are a connector. I mean, you've all, and you're still doing that. Yes, yeah. and, then you, and then you met John and had your two girls. And was that a path, being married and being a mom? Was that something that you, is that the direction you had seen your life go? No, not at all. <laughs> not is at that all. a direction you had no. seen your life going? I think I was five years old and told my mom that I never wanted to get married and I never wanted children. Wow. Um, and that kind of yeah. followed suit until in my 30s. Mm. Um, and I met John mm-hmm. and fell in love. Mm-hmm. And he was the person I thought I could have children with. I never felt like the time, you know, clock was ticking or any of that kind of stuff, but I just, 
I felt that if I was going to have children, then I wanted to have them now. Mm. And, um, and as our relationship continued to grow, and one of the talks was definitely about having children, I think I was probably afraid to have children, if mm. I were to be honest, and I look back. I think I felt that I was very, um, that I wouldn't be a good mom, mm. that I wouldn't be patient, that I wouldn't, I didn't have enough, maybe just that I wasn't patient. And, mm. and I think also that at that time in our generation, if you took care of yourself, Mm -hmm. You were selfish. selfish. Mm -hmm. So yes. I felt that maybe I was too selfish in my life mm -hmm. to have children. Like, would I give up something that right. I really wanted to do because right. I needed mm -hmm. to stay home or mm -hmm. raise my children? Or I just kind of really never thought of myself as maternal. Uh, yeah. as, a, as maternal. Like but I, but I am very maternal because I had. Yes a bedroom full of animals <laughs> that every Sunday I would let out of their cages so that they could roam, you know, roam free except for the fish <laughs> you know in the in my room so yeah. the maternal towards animals yes yeah. mm -hmm. um, but to humans I kind of think I wasn't sure about myself right I, did, did you find yourself just I wanted to ask another question along that lines is did you find yourself being really true to yourself even as a mom doing like being able to be and follow your creativity and your per and, and the things you wanted to and be a mom, were you able to do both? Well, that it was an interesting shift in my life. Mm -hmm. I think the shift came that we got married mm -hmm. and two months later I was pregnant. And Quickly. I was not ready to be pregnant. <laughs> I was like, hi. When I was told I was pregnant, I just started crying mm. and my doctor was like this is great news and I was like no this is not <laughs> I am not, not ready, ready. I, I just got married like I'm just trying to adjust to yeah. being a wife yeah and I don't even know what that means yeah and so he's like this is great you've got it you know you're gonna be great I, I don't know if I'm great but I am definitely a mama bear you and I learned a lot about myself yeah being a mom you are a mama bear. All right, so before we move into that even a little bit more, I love the conversation. What I love about this is that here you are, mom, here you are, married, and you're at a dinner party. Was it at your house? I'm not sure where we're going with this. Okay, so <laughs> I love it could that. Be. I, we could I love be at that. A dinner party. I love yeah. that. She's like, where are you going here? I'm going to be surprised. Yeah, no, no, no. But when you have the dinner party, you're sitting next to Vice Admiral Bob Harward. Right. And for those of you who don't know, he was really the commander of all the Navy SEALs. Yes. And so staff was sitting next to him, and you were asking him a question. And I love your question. He said, okay, so how do you kill someone in the morning, and then you come back home and you play with your kids and your wife? And I thought, what an interesting question for someone who hadn't even started where your path has led you. Here you are a mom and a wife, and you're having that kind of a conversation right there. So how did that, why did that interest you? Because I was fascinated. I mean, I didn't grow up with in a military background or a military family, obviously. And I was just kind of fascinated how I knew about Navy SEALs and I knew about the special operations. I was just fascinated how they go off to do what they are trained so well to do and then come home. Like, he was an ordinary guy. Like, if you did not know who he was, you would have no idea who he was. I mean, he, you know, that's just the way that they roll. And so I was you know, curious. I probably should have gone into psychology. Mm -hmm. I probably should have dealt, because I'm very curious about human behavior. Mm -hmm. And I think that that was a human behavior 
yeah. conversation for me. And when he an his answer was even better because his answer was, it's like being a bank teller. Hmm. He says, you go to work at nine in the wow. morning and you leave at five and, and you go home. And I was like, you and I are going to be friends because it is not like being a bank teller. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we are going to get into your psychological, you know, yeah. yes. craziness, you know, right. because I, I want to understand it. And that was the beginning of, you know, I know. A, you... a very interesting relationship. Mm -hmm. um, and a journey that I would yeah. never have expected. Okay, we have to, to get on. into the journey because from that conversation, what year was that, by the way? Is that, do you remember? 89. Wow. 89, oh, so, 90. Okay. So 9-11 happened. Yes. Then you were still having conversations with him and then you had a different conversation with him because you wanted to go into the journey of following the Navy SEALs and their wives and family, which has never been done, by the way. And that the Admiral said yes. I mean, he must have trusted you mm -hmm. to let you, because no one else has been able to kind of go behind the scenes, like the Wizard of Oz, you know, what's behind right. the, the curtain. Right. So you had this opportunity. And again, I have to reflect back. You were a mom, yes. right? You yes. were a mom. She wasn't working. She was, you know, and then all of a sudden, talk about a pivot in your life and took you on this trajectory. Talk about that whole experience and, and what happened from that conversation. Well, that conversation, well, the dinner, the dinner party conversation turned into a very dear friendship for the next two, three years. Mm -hmm. And during that friendship, I was doing a lot of photography work just on my own in things, you know, girlfriends, babies, you know, just wherever we were. I was always about capturing moments. That mm -hmm. was, that's as a documentary photographer, that's the key. Yeah. So um, I was doing that within my circle and I had an opportunity to go to Hawaii where he was based and to photograph the SEALs doing some training. And he loved the photographs so much that he had put them up in his office. And mm. so the the SEALs in the community somewhat knew a little bit about me just through my photography work. Cut to 9-11 happens and he was basically asked to run the special operations for the world. So he was responsible for 1,700 special operations guys um, and they took off within 24 hours wow. of the attack, the attack on us. And at that moment, when I was talking to him on the phone and saying goodbye, I, I felt because of our friendship. Mm -hmm. If I know what the emotions are that mm -hmm. I'm experiencing, what is his wife and his children and all the SEALs that I have met over the years, yeah. what are their wives and children yeah. thinking? You know, because, you know, cut to obviously years, years later, we know what happened yeah. and we can look back but at that moment no one knew what it all meant what it was about what was going to happen to them once they got there and so i just really put myself into the family situation mm -hmm. because again 57 i was a little one with the vietnam war so yeah. i didn't grow up in mm -hmm. a war time right so this is war yeah so i was just experiencing a lot of my own personal emotions mm -hmm. which kind of started the idea for a book and as the months kind of went on and and he and i would contact he would contact me throughout 
his deployment and kind of check in. And through a conversation, I said, I have this idea. It's going to be really out there. Mm -hmm. I don't even know where why. it's coming from. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't even know how this would even be possible. But I think the people, oh, I know what it was. Neil Roberts had just been killed. Mm -hmm. And people mm -hmm. were trying to, he was the first SEAL that was killed. And he, people were trying to wrap their head around what that all meant and mm -hmm. what it was about. And this community and, mm -hmm. and the outside community, meaning the world never really knew who SEALs were. They would always They didn't put any faces yeah, they, to yeah. them. Yeah. They would think yes. they're cute little animals, yes. you yes. know? Yes. And so um, <laughs> obviously now that's changed. But you know, the time that all of this was happening, they were really silent operators. And so I had approached him about doing a photography essay for the sacrifices mm -hmm. that were being made, both for the men and for the families. Yeah. And then what I learned from that sacrifice was that, yes, the men sacrifice they're not being with their families, mm -hmm. but they are doing what they're what they've been called they're to do. Calling. It's their calling, sure. and and ninety nine point nine percent of them feel that from a very young age this exactly. was a calling of theirs. Amazing. So they're doing what they love to do, and because they can't talk about what they do in their job, yeah. you know, they can't come home to dinner and yeah. say, "Well, let me tell you what I did today," right? You know, <clears throat> or let me tell you right. where you know I have just been for forty eight hours. Right. So there's, there was that was just all intriguing to me. Mm -hmm. You know how that all works so and cool. and. I felt that we were in a shift. Um, yeah. I think intuitively, I felt there was a shift coming, and I think that was what was driving me more than that was your calling. Me. I mean, without did you even know it? Or was I mean, you no. you do so much from your intuition, and I know to listen to this girl when she calls me and she's like, "Okay, listen, I had a vision, or I have an intuition about something," because she's always right, and I'm not even sure that you realized at that time it was going to be a calling for you. No, I had no idea. I actually thought it was going to be a three or a six month project mm -hmm. once we got approved. And it was 10 years of my life. That's wild. So where did you go? So you, so he said yes. He got you cleared. So as a photographer, I'm not a writer. And I brought in my girlfriend, Jenny, um, to because as a writer. Yeah. Um, and she's an incredible researcher. Mm -hmm. And I knew that she would get it right. You know, I, yeah. half the time I can't remember people's names. I, the acronyms, I get them all mixed up. And you know, it's, <laughs> it, it just would have been a nightmare for me. Yeah. But anyway, so, she, so I brought her and Bob did all of this while he was you know, running the war in Afghanistan at the time. In 2002, we got approved. We had to go to, down to the command. We wow. needed to pitch our story. But I truly, to this day, believe that it, it was pushed through because of, because of Bob yeah. and, and his trust and I think, and our friendship. He and must have felt it was important also. I mean, this is the first time, I think, that going through this with you, watching you, that was the first time that people really had some faces, had some lives, had families mm, yes. that we were seeing of, of how much sacrifice was going on that we hadn't had before. Right. You know, so he must have really believed in Well, it was this. really important to him 
about the family. It yeah. wasn't, mm -hmm. and we made it, I wasn't, and, and it was for me too, because again, here we go back, it's the human element. Yeah. You know, like I, I am very, and always curious as why we do things in our lives. You know, who we are, um, good, bad, or indifferent, you know, own your yeah. throne, own right. yourself. The why. Um, the why, just, yeah. I, I've, that's always intrigued me. It's, it, it actually is probably the thread through everything I've done mm -hmm. in my life. And this was one of them. And, and to have someone on the outside kind of believe in me, it mm -hmm. was even more important to me. I also think that the families, seals are seals. You know, there's the basic training, there's, you know, there's the language. I mean, there's so many things that are their makeup. And that's interesting, but the interesting thing was really the families and, yeah. and the wives that they fell in love with or that they chose or how do they raise children yeah. when they're gone most of the time? You know, how do you keep intimacy in in a relationship and trust mm -hmm. yeah. when you can't talk yeah. about and the work that you where do. where they're going sometimes, yes. right? You're super comfortable in your skin, but you have this, like you beat to your own drum. Mm -hmm. And you're very comfortable with that. And there's no apology. You have no apology in you for who you are, which no. I think is beautiful. And where does that come from? Have you always had that spirit? Or is that something that you developed over time or I think I always had that spirit. Yeah. I mean, I just remember being a very independent little girl. Mm. Um, I think the stories that my parents have told mm -hmm. me over the years, you know, uh, I mean, we lived in an apartment complex and right. I think I was two or three years old and my mom went mm -hmm. to look for me one day and I was nowhere to be found and all of a sudden someone screamed and I had I was on top of the roof of the apartment mm -hmm. complex looking over down and I just I was curious what it would be curious. like you know I just was curious yeah. like I I think that yeah the curiosity yeah, to me comes I just through you know you, I right? think as I've learned I just love life mm -hmm. and I love and I love everything about it good bad and indifferent mm -hmm. I enjoy waking up every morning I'm curious what the day is going to be I've also learned that I never gave anyone my I, I never gave anyone my power or my voice. I always had that. Mm. That was mm. something. Um, I may not have known where I was going in my life because there were a lot of times I did not know where I was going in my life or what I was doing. Mm -hmm. But what I always is I trusted myself. I trusted mm. myself, and I trusted that I knew better than most people. And my parents would probably say that I trusted myself more than I trusted them. But I also grew up with very loving, strong parents. Mm -hmm. And they, they allowed that independence, even though my dad maybe tried to control me a little bit, um, being the first mm -hmm. daughter yeah. and being someone yeah. who was very sure. you know, strong-spirited. I was never really afraid of my father. I think my father wanted me to be afraid of him a little bit. And if you met my father, you'd probably yeah. be afraid of him. Just a to tell bit. you, his name is Manly. Yeah. Manly. Yeah. That's perfect. Manly. Manly. Um, Manly. But I also, they gave me the freedom to always just explore who I was. Which is huge. Yeah, which, which, is, which is, which is, which is, which is, you know, yeah. and as yes. you, we all have children, right. it's very hard to do yeah. that because you see your kids as, mm -hmm. you know, what their potential can be mm -hmm. or 
where you think they should go in their lives and right. and you're looking at your kid and they're you know there's this blank stare because yeah. they're not seeing what you're seeing yeah. and it's 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 hard so i yeah it's I almost like their trust in you you develop they trusted that you could develop your trust in yourself you know yes. it's almost like when you see somebody at their highest but you let them explore and yeah. experience it yes. for themselves instead of telling them how to be. But just being in that environment, mm -hmm. you, mean, you haven't, to be in Steph's presence, you have such a confidence about you. Yeah. And you're just, it's a real groundedness. God, I should have uh, an Academy Award. No, that's true. You, you might. You, you, never, yeah, yeah. you no, never question. I mean, you don't question when, when, I've known Steph, what, 15 years now. I know enough about you that you don't second guess what you feel and what you believe and what you know to be right. True. For you. True. You know, True. it's like, and it's it's such a confidence that it feels like it's just been in her for a long time, know. other lives even. I mean, I mean, look at, the, I, I have a visual of picture of her that I saw. She was hanging, she was in Afghanistan. <laughs> She's hanging out of this helicopter with their pants. Someone's hanging on the right with her, with her camera. <laughs> Of course, she has her G-string out there, which looks hot. <laughs> yeah. And she's hanging out, and she's taking pictures. Always lingerie. Always. Always. I, 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 everywhere I go, sorry. The badass girl. Too much, it's like, no. lingerie's important to me. No, the feminine, sexy lingerie. The, the, the femininity feminine. that's there. It kept me. Yes. Having sexy lingerie so made me feel Remember. always like feminine. Because yeah. I'm not, I'm not a... Well, you're a badass, let's just say. Yeah, she's I'm a, a badass. badass. I mean, but, yeah. Yeah. but you see her, and I'm sitting, I remember looking at that picture and thinking, holy God, I would never be in a helicopter with the door, without the door on and hanging out. And someone's Plus just like, hanging out. Right. Plus, I mean, let's just talk about that. But she's, you've yeah. always gone into things, what I see as your friend. You've, you, when you go into things, you make the decision that this is what I'm going to do, you go all in. Yes. There's, you yes. don't, you, first of all, the things that you do, there's no room for second guessing because there just can't be. You know, it's either you're all in or you're not. You can't be in that gray area. Okay, I still wanna go back a little bit into advocacy because this goes along with, with your work too in Africa. Mm, so, yes. the, I've always seen you as a freedom fighter. You know, you've mm -hmm. seen, you did it with the SEALs, you did it with their families. You gave voice to people, animals, injustices in the world because it seemed like it was really important that you brought awareness to the injustices in the world to make some justice, to make the world a better place. Mm. Right. So you became a voice for people who, who couldn't speak up for themselves. And you've done incredible work for women's rights. Talk about a little bit about your experience with the women's rights and the stuff that you did in other parts of the world. Because you didn't just stop with the, ne the SEALs, you went on mm -hmm. to other pe groups right. of people. It's a common it's, theme. But that, there it is. is. It's, there it's is. Where and like, I just, I don't it. almost don't even know where to start. I think that I've always fought for women and children. Even when I was a child, mm. I fought for women and children. Um, if it was on the playground <laughs> or where, you know, jobs that I had, I just well, I like, love the women and child theme because I think yes. that's really. Like that's everything. That's where we're at in right Africa. now in our lives and in Africa and, and think, as being a mom as well. You know, not to you know, not to get go off on a tangent about past lives, but I think there I've had a lot of past lives that have dealt with this life 
being very soul driven mm -hmm. towards women and children and advocacy. I think that I've kind of have gone through this roller coaster or mm -hmm. this. Um, uh, it's not been a yeah, it, it hasn't been, been a straight line. It hasn't a straight line. I think yeah. like they're they're just they're, If it's been through nonprofits that I've gotten involved with, I think when I lived in LA, a lot of that stuff came through nonprofit work. I have to cut back to when I was an agent and the and I was a talent agent and I was involved with the music talent crossover and which is where I met my husband. When we both left that business, I had two little kids and it was the first time since I had been 13 years old mm. that I d wasn't working. Yeah. And mm. so I kind of didn't know what to do with mm -hmm. myself yeah, other than obviously raising children sure. a full-time job. You know, I'd go to the park in like, you know, gabardine pants and, 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 <laughs> Can and, you and, no, I can pumps yeah, pumps and, oh you God. know, and a silk jacket. And my girlfriends would look at me and say, do you not own a pair of jeans? And I'm like, no, actually I don't. I either you have didn't? work clothes oh, well. or sweatpants. That yeah. was back then. That's, so That's totally changed. But anyways, what it, what it led to is that my work that my advocacy work that I did yeah. when I was here in LA was mostly through nonprofits. Yeah. When I moved to Sun Valley, Idaho is really where I think we have forks in our road. Mm -hmm. Yes. And you know, mm -hmm. you obviously are standing at the fork and you can go right or left and mm -hmm. that dictates a different life for you. Right. I think what happened in Sun Valley was I got very quiet. I got very focused. Also, I was still you know, trying to get the seal book out at that time. But what happened was I started meeting amazing women mm. who mm. have done incredible things in their lives and were living a very quiet mm. life. So out of that, what I really understood was that, wow, women fly under the radar because men, you know, no offense, men, but men, you know, they're more mm -hmm. ego driven. Yeah. And women kind of are more quiet mm -hmm. in how they do things and what they do. And I started to meet some incredible women that started opening doors for me mm -hmm. in my thoughts mm -hmm. and in my direction of life. And what happened was I, um, I met a woman who was just starting to create a women's film festival mm -hmm. in Sun Valley. And I kind of sat back for a year and kind of as she was navigating, you know, what she was doing and what she wanted to do. Um, and then the second year she came to me and said that, you know, would I be interested in getting involved with her? She thought I would be a good match. Um, because of the work that I had right. been doing, right. because of the entertainment business, because mm -hmm. of being a documentary photographer. And, and it kind of just, I don't know, we had like 100 people, I think, at the first film we showed to having 550 people at a film. And I did that for 10 years. And I met incredible mm -hmm. filmmakers, men and women. Mm -hmm. I heard so many stories and met so many women and children and men who are helping women and children all over the world. I traveled all over the world mm -hmm. documenting <laughs> the stories, the foundations, yeah. the nonprofits, and just kind of the culture of what mm -hmm. is happening around yeah. the world. And I don't believe in always showing 
the gruesome, horrible acts that are taking place. Right. I, I believe that in order to really understand where we are today and how we got to where we are today, we have to understand the country, the culture, mm -hmm. the people, the politics. And you can't do that unless you're living yeah. in Boots on a the country or you're spending time in a country mm -hmm. really understanding because there are three sides to everything every story even the worst stories that you could possibly mm -hmm. imagine and you're looking at someone thinking this is an awful terrible person but yeah. unless you know what their story is and why maybe they're doing what they're doing you can't judge so i started learning more about my photography and seeing the world with through different lenses yes mm -hmm. because yeah. I was a very black and white person, you know, black and white photographer, black mm -hmm. and white, you know, there, I, <laughs> so true. Like, no, there was, right. I was very cut and dry. There were, yeah. there, I, there was and, no and gray. friendships, Everything. my marriage, yeah. my children, there was no yeah. gray, you know, it was either black and white and that was it. And, yeah. and through the, through the last yes. 10, 15 years, mm -hmm. I, ha I, I, I've grown so much as as a woman, mm -hmm. as a mother, as a wife, yeah. as a girlfriend, and as a photographer. Yeah. I, I, and when you were saying, how did all of those experiences shape you to being a 57-year-old woman who's still excited about life and creating and and still doing photography, creating a beautiful jewelry line, empowering your daughters to live their life to their fullest? I mean, you really suck the nectar out of life, right? Is that the word for it? And I would, how do you? What is that about you, or how do you approach, you know, getting older and taking all those experiences with you? And still reinventing more and oh, more along the way. Yeah. I, maybe that's the million-dollar question for me. You know, I just, I follow my passion. Mm -hmm. And I follow what you said, Perry, is I see things, I feel things, I get excited about things. I think the thing that I've learned in the last two years is just because I see it, I feel it, and I think I can change or alter or help mm -hmm. or create a bigger situation yeah. or, a, or raise awareness in a larger capacity mm -hmm. doesn't mean that that's the road I need to go down to or that's the path I need mm. to follow. So I've learned to really pull it back mm -hmm. and not put so much energy out there. I think what I was doing was I put so much energy out, but I wasn't allowing the energy back in to you. Okay, that will which brings me to <laughs> this is it's such a joy for me to have this conversation mm. sharing with with Diane with you because I saw you go through something What's so wonderful for me is to, to hear your experience and, and then listen almost to the foreshadowing, right. you know, and then when, where you're going now. So you've been a voice for people, you've fought for people, you've fought for animals, you've fought for children, women, everybody else. You were so used to helping them, right? And you were putting all your energy into helping them as a mother, which you're an amazing mama bear, by the way, as, as a Thank wife, you. the best girlfriend on the planet. You gave and gave and gave and gave. Then you had an injustice that happened to you. 
right. which changed the whole trajectory. And I look at it almost like the universe going, okay, yeah, all right, you see that? You, you've been helping a lot. Blah, blah, blah. So we're going to test you and bring you back to can you do that for yourself? Mm. And it happened through an illness. And I remember this in November of 2017. Mm -hmm. And um, we met for dinner. You were on your way to New York. And Steph's face, the side of her face was really swollen. We thought it was a tooth issue. Mm -hmm. And I remember you saying, okay, when I come back after Thanksgiving, I'm going to deal with it. And we're going to get my tooth fixed. And I was like, okay, okay. The next day, Thanksgiving Day, got a phone call from John, your husband. Steph's in the hospital. We don't know what's going on. So talk about, and I'm going to call it a gift. I think it was a gift because what's come out of it I would do it all over again wow. knowing where I am today and the gifts that I have been given or that I have seen or the new things that I've experienced mm -hmm. they may have happened they may have eventually have gotten there I may have been 80 years old and mm -hmm. they've gotten there I think for some reason I the universe had a different plan for me and, and fast-tracked me. And tell people, what, so I, I forgot to tell people what it was. It was multiple myeloma, a very rare form of cancer. Yes. And you were the first case in the world. Doctors never saw this. It was in her face. It was most, in my sinus canal. Yeah. And it was a, a huge tumor that literally took over the side of her face. It was out to here. It was like a, th they said it was a three pound tumor. Three pound tumor on her face. And anyway, I just wanted to point that mm. out. So, because when I remember coming to, you were transferred from New York to LA. Right. And I remember coming to see you and you were laying this way, so your face was this way and I just saw your head. And when I looked at you, you know, I've always seen you as this brave warrior angel, you know. And, um, and I remember seeing my girlfriend who, you know, was this freedom fighter and fought for everybody and she was just curled up in a fetal position and had this, you know, her face was in this contortion and the pain and everything she was going through. And I thought, I looked, I remember just kissing your head and I was like, you know, baby, you're going to be okay. But I was shocked at how fast. It took me down. It took you Very down. fast. But... We, I had been saying for two years, two, three years, that I, there was something not right. right. Um, and I had gone to specialists and I had, I had more tests taken. No one could come up with what was going on. You know, when you, when you don't know what questions to ask mm -hmm. in a medical situation, you're, you trust doctors, you know, mm -hmm. that you go to. Um, there was a lot of misdiagnosis with me. Um, so by the time I got to New York, I crashed and burned. Yeah. And it was within hours. And the tumor that was in my, in my sinus canal grew at a rapid pace. And, um, and since I was one of those 
women or girls for the last time I had had blood was probably 20 years before that. I was super healthy. Mm -hmm. I never got sick, a, a cold here and there, but nothing, nothing, mm -hmm. never the flu, never the strep throat, whatever. Wow. Um, so I, I didn't have a baseline. Mm -hmm. You know, there was no baseline. So there was a lot of trying to backpedal when there was an emergency situation taking place. Mm. Um, I've learned a lot about, mm. you know, taking care of yourself as you yeah. get older, um, mm. about, I, I am a very strong advocate of having someone medically in your court 24-7 mm. um, to really help navigate any illnesses, any anything that you're feeling, because a lot of doctors will just say, oh, you're going through menopause. Oh, it's a sinus infection. It's mm -hmm. this, it's mm -hmm. that, it's, you know, don't worry about it. Okay, here, take the, you know, take an mm -hmm. antibiotic. It'll go away. So I learned a lot during that process mm -hmm. afterwards. It did take me down. And I think you said it one day when you were laying in bed with me in the hospital or when maybe shortly after I got out of the hospital. Um, of the dream that you had, mm -hmm. which was of a phoenix burning and, the, and then rising. Mm -hmm. And I truly believe that that happened to me. Yeah. I know it happened to me, actually. I should stop saying that it did, you know, I think. Um, it did happen to me. And I had to learn a lot of things for myself. I had to put myself first. It was the first time that I had to turn to my girls and say, I can't take care of you. I can't take care of my husband. I can't take care of my girlfriends. Like, I can't take care of anyone. I could barely take care of myself. I'm just like, I'm holding, I'm holding on to threads. And I learned a lot about myself in that process. Mike what? <sighs> Again, you know, trusting and listening to my body and really listening to that voice inside of me. I think going back to when we were talking about women and children and the advocacy, the thing that I feel very strongly about all of it, no matter what the situation is, is, is everyone has a voice inside of them. Everyone does. You're either in tune to it or you're not. You listen mm -hmm. to it or you're not. You believe in it mm -hmm. or, you, or you don't. But it is there. And so I had to listen mm. to that voice because that voice saved my life many times going through eight hours of chemo, three days in a row about, you know, there were times where I felt I could just close my eyes and I can just leave. Check out. I could just leave. Um, and listening to that voice saying, yes, you can, but are you really ready to say goodbye? Mm -hmm. And it was like, no, I'm not ready to say goodbye yet. Mm -hmm. And so, and then, and to use that voice and, and fight. And I fought, I fought mm -hmm. the doctors, I fought my husband, I fought my 24 hour nurse, I fought for my life. And I think what came out of it was self-love and something that I believed mm -hmm, yeah. 
that we talked about earlier mm -hmm. in our generation. Well, if you self-loved, you were selfish. Mm -hmm. If you put yourself first, you were selfish. Mm -hmm. You know, and you don't want to be a selfish brat, you know, <laughs> or be a 57-year-old selfish brat. <laughs> um, so that was a that was a yeah. huge learning lesson for me. And that, as I started to heal, that really shifted for me. And to get quiet, to get even quieter, mm -hmm. it's almost. I was given the gift mm. to start over, but to start over yeah. with incredible knowledge wisdom. and wisdom and intuitiveness and psychicness, you know, that there's a, there's a clarity that I have in my life right now that is, that is for me. And I have learned that I am that badass warrior girl, <laughs> but I don't have to be so yeah. present mm -hmm. in my badass warrior mm -hmm. face. Yeah. I can be the quiet mm -hmm. badass warrior, mm -hmm. and I don't have to say everything that I, that I think and that I feel and that I believe in. I don't have to yeah. say, well, Perry, this is what you need to do, right. like you know. But I could, where I, I just don't, and yeah, I, and great. I, I don't. I, I learned that I don't need to, I don't need to save everybody, fix everyone, right. save everyone, because I'm a fixer. Well, I mean, and I you, really am. I mean, yeah. you it, also it, learned something else. My DNA. I'm gonna just say from a girlfriend's point of view, it was the first time I actually heard Steph ask for help. She asked a few girlfriends for help, mm -hmm. and you never did that before. No. And it's interesting because I am someone who's not afraid of being vulnerable. No. I'm not afraid of crying in front of my girlfriends. I'm not, no. I don't, I'm not, that, I'm not that tough um, where I don't show emotions. Right. I show a lot of emotions, and I'm not afraid of showing the emotions. Mm -hmm. and, and I know why. It's very simple because I don't want to be disappointed. I don't, because mm. then if you disappoint, if I ask for help mm -hmm. and you disappoint me, yeah. I can't be friends with you anymore. So I what have does to that let you mean? go. What does that mean though that to you? That was my pattern in my life. So your belief is, if you- Is or if, was. 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 If you ask for help and you get disappointed, what did that mean to you about that friend? Meant- If they couldn't I just, show- I was hurt, I felt that, Wow, I would do that for you, but you couldn't do that for me. Yeah. You know, it was probably a judgment. Um, it was, it wasn't, it wasn't being unconditional. Yeah. You know, right. and I think that I've gotten softer. You have. Yes. In that realm. Yeah. And that I listen a lot more and I, because I don't feel the need to, mm -hmm. to fix anyone anymore. And I think that that's also probably age appropriate, mm -hmm. you know, c coming up to my 60s, that that's what we do when we get older. Yeah. You know, each decade you kind of take on this new persona of, you know, you're comfortable in your skin or yeah. you know who you are and you can look at your friends and love them mm -hmm. for who they are mm -hmm. and what they do. I think, I think the thing is really, for me, 
is to not let girlfriends or anyone trigger me. Mm-hmm. And I think that now that I've learned what that really means for me, mm-hmm. that if I feel triggered, that I can walk away. Mm-hmm. That I could just say, you know what? I mean, I, I, I'll talk to you later. Yeah. I, I need to go right well, now. you don't take it or personally. I need to, or I need to get off the phone. Yeah. Or if I do take it personally, yes, I think that's what it is. Right. It's also taking it personally because you don't know if your girlfriend's having a bad morning right. Right. or if she doesn't even know what's going on right. with her or your husband wakes up in a bad mood and, you know, and he snaps yeah. at you and you think to yourself, <laughs> Right. I'm right. sorry. What did I yeah. do to you? I just mm-hmm. we just woke up. You exactly. Know? Um, or your daughters call, or your kids call you, and they, you know, do their infamous download on you, and then, you know, you get <laughs> off the phone. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, 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 you're you get off the phone, and yes. you're like, what do you have? Oh you know, Why is it on my phone? Wait, that happens to you too. Good. Yeah. It's put like me back. Life. Put me yeah. back into bed. Take that knife. Stick yes, it in my yes, heart. Exactly. Okay. I'm sorry. You're going to be in therapy for the rest of your life because I. Fucked up. Yes. As a exactly. mother, you're my firstborn. I made right. a lot of mistakes. Like, yeah. I mean, can we get past it? Can we move on? Like, so, so but true. now I just go, yeah. Oh, okay. You're having a bad day. Yeah, I'll, that's I'll your stuff. You it's not mine. Right. It's your stuff, and you not mine. Did, you did such a deep dive. I mean, when you went through this, yes. you did a mind, body, spirit. Like, whew. I did. Like, but I also you did all of everything. I, had, I also had gifts in Perry being one of the gifts getting me through a lot of really dark deep Mm -hmm. times for me Mm. um Mm. and also um you know Mm. just i there's two or three other you know angels angels yes healers angels that really um helped me really understand what i went through Mm -hmm. what it meant for me um, what it is going to mean for me, um, and that was that was life saving because it was yeah. all new. Yeah. I was in new territory. Yeah. I was raw and vulnerable, which I'm not afraid to be vulnerable. I'm but not but afraid to be but the rawness and the and the uncertainty, mm-hmm. you know, as an alpha female, yes. you know, you're the one always in charge. You're the yes. one that's taking yes. care of everybody. Right. You know, you're negotiating, you know, the roadmap yeah. of your life. Um, you had no control. Yeah, it was no control. No right. control. Zero and control. really understanding I actually kinda like. Not having control. Oh my! Wait, wait, wait! Can we get that louder? Oh, I need my phone. I'm going to record this. Did you see how quiet I'm, I yes, said that? I'm getting my phone. I'm recording this. Okay, wait. You need to say this again. Okay, say this again. Wait, I'm putting it on me. How do I turn this thing? I love control. I promise. I remember one time, and I'm saying this part because I'm thinking about a lot of women out there listening to this who are battling their own demons. They're battling their own illnesses. And we've lost some other girlfriends. We have. And, um, and I'm going to bring this up because this is a big subject you and I talked about, you know, is when you feel like you were given a second chance. Mm-hmm. And I remember saying, you know, at one point you had, you felt some guilt that, okay, why did I get the second chance? But my girlfriend didn't 
you know, we don't have a crystal ball. We don't get to say, hey, you get to live, you don't. You know, right, I mean, that's up right. to universe, God, for whatever higher good. But knowing this now, how do you feel? Are you doing life differently mm-hmm. with this, with the mindfulness of, I've been given a second chance? Oh, yeah. How, I mean, are, how are you showing up differently? I'm so present that sometimes I don't even know what to do because I'm so present. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so in the moment that I think to myself, what am I doing? You know, because there's always been like an agenda, you know, or there's been this, you know, on the hamster wheel. Like, I love the hamster wheel. You know, I love waking up every morning and knowing I have 500 things to accomplish today. And I probably will accomplish every single one of them. Yes, you did. And I was off and running, like I was the you know the road runner, and I loved that feeling. Mm-hmm. I because I just did. Yeah. But what I learned when I was ill, that as hard as it was for me, I really savored the quietness, and the and the simplicity of life, mm-hmm. and I don't want to go back on that hamster wheel. And I try very hard to not go back on that hamster wheel. And there's days I wake up and I, you know, I'm, I, I could feel yeah. that I'm a little revved up and I'm like, okay. And I just remind myself that that was a different life. Mm. And that hopefully the next 30, 40 years yeah. you know, is going to be just a very um, different pace mm-hmm. for me. I'm so grateful. I've always been grateful for my life. Um, mm-hmm. I've been lucky. I've had a really, I've had a lot of hard times, but compared to the rest of the world mm-hmm. and things that are happening and the things that I've seen, yeah. I've had a very blessed life. And I'm very grateful every day yeah. when I wake up. I'm grateful for my friends. I'm grateful for my family. Yeah. I'm grateful for my health, mm-hmm. um, the health of my friends and my family. Mm-hmm. And everything is kind of like a conscious effort, you know, not a conscious effort, but a, a consciousness mm-hmm. to what I do now, where I spend my time, yeah. you know, who I spend my time with. Right what I am doing in mm-hmm. my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really don't have answers for that. Mm-hmm. And, and for the first time, I am really, I'm just trusting. Yeah. And mm. uh, my 2020 words are trust and truth. So I'm just, I, I, I live a very truthful life mm-hmm. and I'm trusting that life. And what a beautiful I, way to go into your oh, next yeah. decade, or your, I mean, you're 57, you still have a few years, but I'm just saying, I just did yeah. the next chapter Powerful. of your life. It's just like, there is this surrender, this trust, yeah. this like open slate, it feels like mm-hmm. for you. Right. And like, I can see in your eyes, there's like, you're excited about it. You know? I am, I'm excited about, I'm excited about the unknown for once. Yeah, which, which is incredible. Okay, we're running out of time, but I just have to show the viewers part of her creativeness oh, yeah. are these beautiful necklaces that have words and the most powerful and uh, I know Yours says there's trust and truth. Yes. Trust and truth. And and it starts with I am. Right. You know, and the power of those words, I mm-hmm. am like who are you? I am and we're different things different days. I can't yes. remember what do I have on? Yours is 
blessed. Yes, loved. Oh, yes. and that's and that's part of your creativity of what you learned, you know, going through with what you went through and bringing that to women and reminding them who they are. They're not their troubles, their problems, they're this. Yeah. The real truthfulness of that it's all the positives. I am healed. Right. I am blessed. I am loved. I'm a badass. I'm right. a right. And yes. those are powerful things that this gift came to you for and for all of us as women. So thank mm -hmm. you, Steph. Oh, thank you. And I actually have one question that I want to ask you. So we finish up our show, every show, with one question. Um, so after spending this hour with you and with us, what, how would you describe um, what owning your throne is? What does that mean to you? Yeah. To own your I think I've been on a throne my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I just did you see the tiara? I just, yes, I, I just did. It's blinging. You see my, I yes. actually wanted to come with a diamond tiara. <laughs> I, I'm going to design one. I yes. love it. And I'm going to design one for you yes. guys. Yes. I love it. But, um, you know, again, I think my mother would say she came out on, a, on, a, on her Good. throne. Um, so I think owning your throne is really honoring and being authentic to who you are mm -hmm. and not being subject to a life of labels that maybe someone else put mm -hmm. on you. I think that going back to the jewelry, my healing process was putting my hand over my heart every morning and I had a mantra for you know 30 days. And out of that 30-day mantra from my healer, about healing started to create exactly you know who who am I yeah. who am I now who who do I want to be mm -hmm. um, what are what am I accepting what am I surrendering mm -hmm. you know surrender was another is another huge word for mm -hmm. me mm -hmm. um, because some of these words had negative connotation as we were growing up and mm. I think that the most important thing that I want women in their lives no matter how old they are and I instill this with my children is you have to look at yourself every morning mm -hmm. and every night before you go to bed when you're brushing your teeth washing your face and you mm -hmm. look at yourself like who are you? Do you like who you are? You know, are you allowing someone to have take your power from you? Are you, mm -hmm. are you feeling trapped? Like, you need to own your own throne, mm -hmm. and your own throne is you. Mm -hmm. it, it's not so necessarily good. a chair with a crown <laughs> right. and a gown <laughs> right. and a robe. Yes, it, yes, but to own your own throne is really to is to own yourself is yeah. to yeah. is to just really look within yourself you know I mean we all have things yeah. you know that we'd like to change and we yeah. all have our moments in our days where we're just like oh my god I just bit you know right. bit, bit this person's head off that was so unnecessary <laughs> um, but to be able to recognize it mm -hmm. and to understand it mm. yeah you know and so to let powerful. it go is so I think it's pretty it's yeah. pretty powerful. So powerful. Yeah. So powerful. Thank you, honey. Thank you. That was wonderful. And thank you for opening up your whole life.
with everybody because you know what? It's not it, my whole life. <laughs> I know. Big it's part of, of my life. No. But it's, these, yeah. some, these conversations are no. important because all of us as women amazing, go through it. You're amazing, You are. Well, so thank you for sharing. Yeah. Well, we love you. We love you. Me. <laughs> This podcast was created by Perry and I because we both met at school getting our master's in spiritual psychology, where we learned the tools and techniques to really heal, reclaim, and redefine the second chapters of our lives. And you'll also learn some tools and techniques from our guest. All you have to do is go and subscribe and leave some comments. Let us know what you think about the shows, as well as maybe you have some ideas of other guests that we could have. So enjoy the conversations, and we look forward to hearing from you. And be sure and check out our website, which is ownyourthrone.co. And we have some freebies for you, so be sure and check us out.